welcome back to 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalzer, joined as always by John Paulson. Uh, JP, kind of a, an interesting time of year, not only because you've got fantasy playoffs and things like that, but unfortunately, as we've seen in the news now, we're still dealing a lot, a lot of NFL teams and players are still dealing with a lot of COVID issues. But how are you doing today? Well, my one of my teams is facing Travis Kelsey in the, in the playoffs, so... Uh-oh. Yeah, not not a great start, but uh, you know a lot of football left to play this weekend, I think. Um, so I'm doing all right. How you doing? Yeah, that's tough, man. That's it. Always sucks <laughs> when it's you got a Thursday night game and and somebody absolutely goes off and you're staring at a you know a 20, 25, 30 point hole out of one out of one player. But yeah, hey, stranger it's, things have happened. Uh, tell yeah, us about the sure. music. Tell us about the music that brought us in. We'll dive into the pot. Yeah, this is a track called Head Right by Will Dorado, and that's one word, W-I-L-D-E-R-A-D-O, and that's the band. Um, it's off a single. They released it this year, uh, so it's a good track. I put it on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist, which you can find a link for in the show notes. All right, before we get going, I, I did want to mention that John is now 7th out of 176 analysts in Fantasy Pro's accuracy competitions of so 7 out of 176. John's con- uh, his rankings are consistent. He's uh, you know one of the most accurate uh, fantasy football player rankers that y- you'll find and this is John and I've been working together for over a decade now and this has been consistent from him. He's also sitting 4th out of 78 experts in Fantasy Nation's accuracy rankings. He's finished in the top 6 of Fantasy Pros in 9 of the last 11 years, which is Again, why we call this the most accurate podcast. So, John, congratulations on a, another good year accuracy-wise. I'm sure you're going to give me the week-to-week standard, you know, player uh, one game at a time speech. <laughs> but nonetheless, man, that's impressive. Congratulations. Well, thank you. We've got uh, you know four weeks to go, and we got to keep our eye on the ball. And I'm just going to take it on a week-to-week basis, and uh, hopefully, I can. I'd like to finish in the top six again. I'd like to finish in the top five. I would like to win it. But uh, it's always fun to participate in this thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great that the 444's system that we have in place, the process we have in place, uh, time and time again, uh, you know, delivers accurate rankings for our, uh, for our, our subscribers. It's not, not perfect, uh, but they're about the best you're going to get in the business. Hey, nothing, nothing is perfect, right? And you're just trying to, you know, get consistent rankings so that somebody over the course of a year will – you know, have a, have a great season, or if we're from a betting standpoint, you're going to profit, right? So nice job, John. I know you're going to finish strong. So let's dive in. Let's dive into the news, and there's a lot to get to today, so we'll try to move through as quickly as possible. I'll, I'll certainly save a lot of my uh, opinions like I normally do and let John uh, get to what, what you need to hear from a fantasy standpoint. So without further ado, let's talk about head coach. Urban Meyer was fired uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, depending on, you know, when the news actually hit the waiver wire, but, um, you know, Urban Meyer's done uh, one of the most embarrassing tenures in if, of any sport and from a head coaching standpoint. But I think the question is, do you see a big shift now in offensive philosophy with Daryl Bevel taking over as the interim coach? You know, James Robinson's dealing with heel injuries and a knee injury, DNP on Thursday, but is expected to play this weekend against the Texans. Carlos Hyde has already been ruled out, and there was some friction there between Meyer and James Robinson, as Meyer gave a lot of the you know touches and things like that to his former Ohio State player Carlos Hyde. What do you think is the philosophy now offensively for the Jaguars? Yeah, I guess Robinson had that fumble uh, and got benched by Meyer uh, in that game. So 
he just and then all of a sudden he went in at the last drive and he was injured heading into that game so maybe you're sitting him and letting him he you know you're punishing him for the fumble and then letting him just get through the game healthy and then you put him in on the final drive <laughs> for what reason it makes no sense uh it was the game was already out of control so they weren't going to win it right um i think this is might go down as the worst head coaching stint in the NFL. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head that has gone worse. Uh, but it's just funny. These guys signed four or five year contracts and then came and make it through a season for various reasons. But it, I think this is probably like a dark cloud is, and the sun is now shining in Jacksonville over that franchise a little bit more. And maybe they're feeling a little bit better about their future that they're not going to, you know, string this, have this guy string them along for a couple of years or string this uh, contract out to try to get something out of it um, just obviously didn't work out. And he's a different dude. I mean, he's kicking his kicker. Um, <laughs> I think that was the thing that kind of the straw that was, which is interesting. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, but with, as far as the offensive philosophy, I don't know if we'll see a huge shift just in this week, although we might, because Daryl Bevel has a history of throwing the ball. Um, I was looking for some stats quickly for the, before the pod today, but, um, I found uh, T.J. Hernandez's tweet. It says uh, Bevel lets his uh, quarterbacks chuck it. He unlocked Stafford in Detroit before Stafford's season was cut short uh, when Bevel took over, I believe, as the interim uh, head coach there. Uh, so he has experience doing this, and I think with Hideout, you're going to that that doesn't worry me about Robinson because he's going to see a big workload regardless, especially with Hideout, uh, as long as he can stay upright and stay healthy, and it's a good matchup against uh, the Texans. And so, you know, you might see a, just a more efficient, uh, you know, maybe a throwing the ball around a little bit more uh, this week. And maybe uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, gets to feels a little bit better about things and then he can start using some of his weapons a little bit better. All right, Odell Beckham, Tyler Lockett, and Jalen Waddle were three big names that hit the reserve COVID list on Thursday. If you want to run through your thoughts on each player, whether or not you think they're going to play, what's the latest information, and how, how should fantasy managers attack this situation uh, moving forward? Yeah, the next bit we have on the rundown here is the NFL altered uh, the rules for return to play to allow players who are no longer contagious to return to their team sooner. So it's possible that players on the, on the list could get cleared uh, in time to play if they are asymptomatic, that's the key, and can pass a couple of different thresholds. One's a test. I was reading about it. I, I was going to have us talk about the whole thing, but I was like, eh, this might get a little into the weeds on this. But there's a couple <laughs> of ways. There's three different ways that they can get back. And now they're measuring contagiousness, if I said that correctly. So there's a threshold, a number threshold, that measures how contagious a, a, a player is uh, with with COVID, if they test positive, if it's a low or if it's a high number, I think they are better off. Um, so I guess that's it's like a reverse thing where you want you don't want a low number, you want a high number. So um, there, it is possible that these guys could get cleared, um, and we might see quite a few players coming off this COVID list before Sunday. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's definitely something that I want to warn uh, fantasy managers and listeners about just pay attention on Saturday and Sunday to all the news and to see if those players you are thinking are out might be back in. I know in our hall of fantasy league playoffs, we lost Lockett uh, and Waddle yesterday. And then Kelsey went for 36 against us. So it wasn't a great day for the Boston Barflies, but um, we're hoping maybe we can get Lockett or Waddle back uh, by, by Sunday. Um, 
So with regard to these three situations and Odell Beckham possibly being out, then I think Van Jefferson is a solid wide receiver too. Um, Tyler Higby gets a little bit of a bump there. Uh, if Tyler Lockett remains out, confidently start DK Metcalf. He's been kind of a um, having kind of a down season for him, but he's dealing with some injuries. He wasn't at practice. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I'm not sure that there's anybody else in that offense that I would run out and want to start, uh, especially a receiver. And then in Waddle, I think you're looking at uh, Devontae Parker um, as a wide receiver too. Mike Kosicki uh, would see more targets as well. Albert Wilson is probably going to pick up most of Waddle's snaps. I don't think he's a real strong play, but you know he could have like a six-catch, 60-yard day, and if he scores a touchdown, then all of a sudden you're in business. But um, so for those three guys, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, Lockett and, and Waddle specifically for my own <laughs> um, reasons uh, can come back, but um, we'll have to wait and see. You're so selfish, John, and self-centered when you're <laughs> talking about the, your own fantasy play. No, I'm kidding. All right, John, in addition to Lockett, Beckham, and Waddle, uh, you've got Jarvis Landry, you got Baker Mayfield, Austin Hooper, Allen Robinson, Alex Collins, Taylor Heineke. They've all hit the reserve COVID list this week, and the Browns have been really impacted. They're going to play on Saturday. They don't know if uh, Case Keenum is going to play. I mean, this is this is a mess, and I, I think the Browns, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, have petitioned the league to delay the game, cancel the game, uh, move it, so that they, they have a, a healthy squad. Uh, but when, it, when I... When I ask you about these players, Landry, Mayfield, Hooper, Robinson, Collins, Heineke, hitting the COVID list, what are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, they have been. You mentioned that they were trying to, to postpone this game, and where do you postpone it to? Maybe you push it to Monday or Tuesday. I think that's like the only thing that's possible. If they're, if they're thinking that they're going to get five or ten players or something off of the COVID list by then, and could play the game. Um but I don't know. It does, I don't see that the NFL is going to want to start moving games around and start doing that. So if they have enough players to play on the roster, they probably will. But I don't know how this is real good for player safety and all that. But regardless, we're just here to start our fantasy players and hope that they score a lot of points. Um, in that vein, uh, I mentioned Devontae Parker uh, with, with Waddle possibly out. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a uh, interesting dart throw. You mentioned Case Keenum, but he landed on the COVID list as well. I don't think he's going to make it off in time. So you're probably looking at Nick Mullins as the quarterback there. And he actually throws a good, accurate deep ball. So that's a kind of plays into people's Jones hands. I don't know that you can count on it. <laughs> I mean, these, you got the third string quarterback and um, how much has he really thrown to DPJ, but the, his skill set does play into what Mullins can do. Uh, David Njoku with, with Hooper out, uh, and Landry out, um, Njoku could be, he's he came off the COVID list, uh, I think today. Uh, so he's a sneaky start at uh, tight end. And then you mentioned, uh, Alex Collins. And I think that really underscores Rashad Penny. I moved him up like three or four or five spots, uh, in the rankings, uh, yesterday when, uh, Collins landed on the COVID list, he's in a good spot. Uh, he's probably going to be splitting time with, uh, DJ Dallas. I don't know if Travis Homer is going to be able to make it back for that game. So if, if it's if he's out, then Penny should pick up some uh, passing down snaps as well. Uh, so he's in a pretty good spot as like a low-end RB2. DeAndre Hopkins is out for six weeks after suffering an MCL injury that requires surgery. He's going to miss the remainder of the regular season. Depending on the timetable, 
whether or not the Cardinals get a first-round bye, and there's only one bye this year in, in the NFL, don't forget in each conference, he, he may not return for the first playoff game for the Cardinals, but certainly bad news for fantasy managers that have DeAndre Hopkins on, on their rosters. What's your advice to them and, and where maybe they could pivot? Yeah, you mentioned the bye. I just want to point out that the Packers right now have the, and this is probably my Super Bowl right now, this very moment, whether they're sitting with the bye again after losing um, Rodgers to his COVID stint and <laughs> having that game in KC. And, like, this is probably as good as it's going to get for the Packers fans this week. And I, it was funny because I mentioned that on uh, Twitter and somebody said, right on schedule for another NFC Championship game loss, which was a very good zinger. So congratulations <laughs> to that Twitter follower. Um as for the Cardinals, who lost the you know buy position, the pole position, if you will, in the NFC uh, against the Rams, um, with Hopkins out, you know Christian Kirk and AJ Green are looking like pretty much every week starts. Uh, Green looked good, seven for a hundred, I think, in the last game. Kirk has had some huge games this year. Uh, Rondale Moore gets bumped up and probably is is playing wide receiver three type snaps, although they they still limit his work or they have and they have the i think wesley is their fourth receiver um and then zach Ertz, i think is you're looking at zach Ertz as like an every week tight end one uh you forget about him but he's had a good stint there so far in arizona it's a little bit of a downgrade for kyler murray not having hopkins out there but they have enough receiving depth that he can get by TJ Hawkinson, tight end of the Lions. He's done for the year after undergoing thumb surgery. There's not a lot of tight ends, John, that uh, fantasy managers can draft and feel good plugging in each and every week and not feeling like they're rolling the dice. TJ Hawkinson is certainly one of those players. So when it comes to scouring the waiver wire now for tight ends, I would I would assume the fantasy managers that that own that um, that had that roster TJ Hawkinson, man, they're they're in a bad spot right now. They are. You can stream, and you're just kind of praying that the player either gets four for 40 or maybe finds the end zone. But uh, there are some good players we'll talk a little bit about later in the, in the sneaky starts category, but uh, just not not the, not the any that would have the same type of role as Hawkinson had. He had such a great start to the season, um, and it really played out the way that we thought in, in draft season that uh, he would be the primary focus of that offense, and it just has kind of gone off the rails here with injuries. Lamar Jackson dealing with the ankle injury, suffered first first quarter last week against Cleveland, DNP on Wednesday, DNP on Thursday. The Ravens signed Josh Johnson. What's what's your feel on Lamar Jackson's availability this weekend? Yeah, they, initially at the start, they were like, well, we were, we're planning for him to play and uh, hoping that he would play. And then the no practices Wednesday and Thursday, and then the, the signing of Josh Johnson just is – uh, the tea leaves right now are, are reading that he's going to miss, but he might end up being a game time decision. We'll see what he's able to do today. Um, and then Tyler Huntley is a pretty decent start. If uh, Jackson can't play, he's done pretty well in his uh, couple starts or he had one game in relief and um, two starts, I think no a couple ga- one, re- one game in relief, one start and he's done pretty well in both games and uh, is, is, you know, sort of a QB two if, if Jackson can't play. Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Eagles, also dealing with an ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Maybe questionable for Sunday. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to kind of figure out at this point. John, I'm sitting here on a Friday morning, whether or not uh, Jalen Hurts will play. We'll, we'll obviously have to monitor the situation on Friday. Uh, but the Eagles play early on Sunday. So what's your what's your advice to fantasy managers that roster Jalen Hurts? 
yeah, if he plays, you start him. I mean, Washington is decimated with COVID, and they, the Eagles should roll uh, in that one. But uh, they may decide that they can win it without him and want to save him for another week. They're still sort of in the playoff hunt, so maybe they're trying to look at this pragmatically and and uh, save Hurts for next week. But uh, we'll, we should know overnight, I think, whether or not he's going to play based on a Schefter-Rappaport treat, tweet. But luckily, he's uh, playing early on Sunday. Aaron Jones, running back of the Packers, he's dealing with not only a knee injury, but but he was he's been sick this week. DNP on Thursday. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, illness usually doesn't keep the player out under normal circumstances, but this has been a weird year, and we don't know. I mean, we we think this is not COVID related. I mean, he might be. This is one of those things where you like you wonder: is he does he have COVID? And they don't have the test back yet to say that it's COVID, so they just sent him home, right? But um, we haven't seen a lot of that where they are illness one day and then COVID illness the next day. So um, my assumption is that he'll be out there. It's a tough matchup uh, in the running game against the, the Ravens. They have a really good run defense and a, a suspect uh, passing defense with their uh, injuries in their secondary. So uh, I would expect the Packers to really lean into the pass this week anyway. And But Jones can, can definitely make some hay in the, as a receiver. Uh, we saw him catch a touchdown uh, last week, and uh, so I, I do think he'll be out there, but we'll see what he's able to do today and then kind of pay attention to it on Saturday. David Montgomery, non-COVID illness, did not practice on Thursday, John, so not not looking good for Montgomery, although uh, when you're talking about him, the Bears don't play until Monday night. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a non-COVID illness again, so you know we should see him uh, out there if he has enough time to recover. I mean, we haven't had in traditional fantasy football seasons when there's an illness on Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday, I don't worry about them being ready to play on Sunday. We did have uh, Lamar Jackson a couple weeks ago, miss a game, even though he, you know, he had a a bad flu or something uh, heading into Sunday and was a kind of a game time decision, but it was unable to play. Elijah Mitchell concussion and knee officially a DNP, but he's been working on the side field this week, uh, which is an upgrade from last week, John. Uh, Do you anticipate that Elijah Mitchell might play for the Niners? Yeah, I'm interested to see if he's limited today, like an official limited or official full. I I would not think that he's going to be a full after two weeks of not practicing, but the fact that he was up on the on the side field indicates that the concussion is getting better. So uh, he is also listed with that knee injury. He did have that arm MRI uh, after the last game that showed some irritation, uh, but he's, it's like a smash spot here against your Falcons. Like really, we have him in the hall of fantasy. The Boston Barflies have him. We want to start him. We really want to start him against the Falcons. Uh, so I'm hoping he's out there. I know a lot of four for four subscribers uh, picked him up on my advice to really bid heavily on him early in the year. Um, he, the only issue with him has been uh, availability, uh, and hopefully he can get out there. It's a 1 o'clock game, Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern, so um, I'm hoping we have more clarity and it's not a game-time decision because that could create some tough uh, de- decisions uh, for fantasy managers if, if he's a true game-time decision heading into Sunday. Damian Harris has got a hamstring injury. is questionable for Saturday's game against the Colts. He was limited all week. What's what's your advice with Damian Harris and the Patriots facing the Colts on Saturday night? So you're dealing you're dealing with a game that uh, that goes off on Saturday. This is an interesting one because I would have assumed that he'd be out this week. Uh, but he returned to practice early in the week, which is usually an indicator that the hamstring tweak or injury wasn't that bad. 
Uh, but he, you know, he came back to that game and, and then left. Um, and then he had the full week off of uh, for the bye. So it came back on, on the Wednesday and Thursday, and I assume today he'll be limited as well. This indicates to me that he's going to play, which is a downgrade for, for Stevenson. Um, but Brandon Bolden was also questionable, so that's something to monitor as well because those passing down snaps are up for grabs. Uh, I don't. I, it, this is a tough situation to, to really know what who to start here if you have both players because with with Harris dinged up and Stevenson presumably healthy, they could shift the backfield to, to Stevenson, but thus far Harris has been ahead of him whenever he plays, so you kind of have to roll with that. Michael Carter is expected back for the Jets this week. Any concern about firing him up for his first game back, or, or do you just say, hey, let's let's roll? Well, this has become the Boston Barflies uh, podcast because we have him on the bench and we're <laughs> wondering if we should start him. Uh, yeah, he was great for us midseason, and I'm sure great for fantasy managers out there. He took over that RB1 role for the Jets. I think the one concern with him is that uh, Zach Wilson is not, has not been a big checkdown guy, uh, so Carter was really scoring fantasy points in the passing game as a primary dump down guy or you, you know receiver in the as a, uh, in the passing game. So uh, the fact that Wilson likes to go for the big play, um, Wilson also did say that he needs to be more like Mike White. So maybe he's going <laughs> to try to channel his inner Mike White and and target Carter a lot. But I think he's startable. I think you're just looking at him as. Uh, Prior to the injury and with the way things were going with that offense and with like Mike White under center, he was a low end RB two and he was even like threatening the RB one sort of ranks. But I think now you're looking at him as a low end RB two because you just don't know about the usage. And plus the the Dolphins have uh, played pretty well defensively over the last month, and you just don't know how many rushing yards he's going to be able to get. All right, Leonard Fournette, kind of a tricky situation here. DNP on Wednesday, DNP on Thursday because of the ankle injury. But is this a situation based on uh, what we saw right before the podcast, John, that it could just be a veteran veteran player that's getting a little bit a little bit of time off because it's not like he needs to, you know, learn the game plan or anything like that. He's a he's a running back, and that the the system doesn't change at all for a guy like Leonard Fournette. Basically, what I'm asking you is, do you anticipate that he'll play despite? having the DMP on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, he's, news broke uh, right before the pod that he was back at practice today, so I'm interested to see if it's limited or full. It'll probably be limited, and um, I'm assuming that he's going to play. They do play Sunday night, which kind of creates a headache. If you have Fournette, you might want to pick up Ronald Jones. Uh, he should, If you are looking for any sort of running back help, you could pick up Jones. He would be a pretty strong start if... Fournette had to sit against the Saints, but the Saints have a good rush defense, so it's not like a smash spot. I mean, Fournette uh, does it all, so he catches the ball and runs it, and so he's he's a top 10 play if he plays, but Jones is not quite as adept as a receiver. Um, and But Gio Bernard is out, so uh, there's, there's some third, third down snaps there available for Jones if, if Fournette were to sit. But it looks like Fournette's going to play based on his return to practice today. Tony Pollard has the foot injury, returned to a limited session on Thursday. This is another, I guess uh, my key word today is tricky, John. Um, this is another situation where you're looking at it and, and the foot injury, it's not going to get any better 
or worse over the next couple of weeks. He's going to be playing. He, you know, he's going to be playing on a on a, on a bad foot. Uh, he's dealing with the. I think he's dealing with the plantar plantar fascia injury. So when you when you look at Pollard, you know, explosiveness is part of his game. He has been effective when healthy, but you know he's probably going to be limited each and every week. What's your thoughts on Tony Pollard when it comes to fantasy? And he's generally limited even when he plays because he's still playing behind uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So if he's back, it's a it's a it's not good for Elliott against the Giants. He's, he's just would be surviving on volume right now, and he ended up giving up a lot of touches to Corey Clement. They're just not comfortable giving him the twenty plus touches that he's used to. So that knee. Uh, situation or his leg situation I think it's his knee that might be the problem um, just can't be too excited about starting Elliott he's more of a RB2 low end RB2 as opposed to the typical uh, RB1 that we typically see with uh, with Elliott all right Javante Williams leg injury DNP on Thursday but he is expected to play according to head coach Vic Fangio the the, the backfield dynamics in Denver has really got fantasy managers kind of in flux because you got Melvin Gordon as well so uh, what's your thoughts on the Broncos backfield yeah, and lately they've been both been so productive that you yeah. just start them and you for, you, you forget about like because I'm trying to project them and they both end up in you know the 18 to 24 range because I'm expecting like normal numbers out of the rushing game but they both end up getting into the end zone <laughs> at least once or, once or twice a game um, so they end up being good starts both of them uh, it's just the they're really leaning on the running game and really leaning on the running backs right now which is part of the reason that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick really aren't doing a whole lot. Um, with with Williams, it's good to hear that. I guess his knee sw- swell up a little bit, but um, it's good to hear that he's expected to play. I'm hoping to he's back to a, a, a at least a limited practice today because that would put him on track to play again on uh, Sunday. DK Metcalf's dealing with both foot and back injuries. DNP Wednesday and Thursday. Of course, it's been a frustrating year for DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. Well, they're starting to come alive a little bit over the last two weeks now. Yeah, I think if uh, Lockett is out and he's and Metcalf is out there, he might see 15 targets in this game against the Rams. He had a, uh, you know, they have Jalen Ramsey who's going to follow him around probably, but he's had some big games against him, and if he's getting that many targets, he's going to make some plays. So I think you have to have him out there, especially if Lockett is uh, is, is sidelined with the COVID. DJ Moore, hamstring injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. DJ Moore's season started off really well, but like the, the Panthers' entire offense, he has he has struggled of late. Yeah, and they're at Bills. Uh, Bills have a good a good uh, pass defense, and uh, you know Moore's likely to get five for seventy or something like that. But the chances of scoring a touchdown are seem fairly low at this point, given the number of passing touchdowns that the Panthers have. They tend to run the ball in, and so is he could he maybe get a rushing touchdown possibly, but you got Cam Newton there. Uh so it's just he's not uh you know the the low end wide receiver one start we were seeing early in the year, uh getting peppered with targets and, and being pretty productive. And they've also made a change offensive coordinator there. So um it's a little bit dicey starting him uh, against the Bills. Uh, Marquise Brown, wide receiver for the Ravens. Illness, DNP on Thursday. And of course, as we talked about earlier with Lamar Jackson, the quarterback situation's a, a little questionable right now for Baltimore as well. Yeah, illness, you know, on a Thursday I indicates that he probably is going to play Sunday, but we'll see. Uh, but the Tyler Huntley uh, insertion at quarterback is a little bit uh, dicey because he's tends to check it down to Mark Andrews. He's not looking to throw the ball as deep to, to Brown. He did. I think he tried him a couple times, but or once at least, I remember a, a bad pass attempt to Brown. 
uh, just without Lamar Jackson there, he's just a lower type receiver for me. All right, Emmanuel Sanders, DNP Wednesday and Thursday, but he's already been ruled out for this weekend. Any any thoughts on any other uh, you know surrounding players with the, this news on Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, I really like. I mean, I, you, Cole Beasley is sort of an obvious one, uh, but I really like uh, Gabriel Davis. Fairly obvious as well, since he scored a touchdown last week. Uh, he had eight targets. Uh, he would play a lot. He's going to play a lot with Sanders. Uh, sideline. He basically becomes part of their three receiver set. Uh, he scored in uh, a touchdown in week 13 as well. So you're probably looking at Beasley as a higher PPR floor because he'll he'll see his eight to 10 targets probably, but uh, Davis has more touchdown upside. Uh, Josh Allen looks at him in the road zone quite a bit, so he's got a chance to have one or even two touchdowns against uh, against Carolina. 49ers tight end George Kittle, knee injury, returned to limited session on Thursday. You you called it, what, a smash opportunity, I think you said, uh, against the Falcons. So I would imagine you're high on, on every player in the 49ers offense this week uh, when they take on the Falcons. So just a situation where you monitor George Kittle and then get him in your lineup, John? Yeah, that's Boston Barfly, George Kittle. <laughs> of course he is. How many guys are on your team? Quite a quite a few. We've got we've got Gabriel Davis as well. We got DJ Moore. Uh, we got a lot of guys that are Eli, Elijah Mitchell, of course. Um, Sony Michelle. We what got you guys got to do? You guys have like a fifty-two Aaron man Jones, roster. Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Jones. Uh, yeah, no, it's just a good deep a good deep roster. That's why we're in the playoffs, but no uh, we're in a thirty-five point hole. I'm sure everybody's interested to hear about the Boston Barflies, but let's get back to Kittle. Uh, yes, smash spot. Uh, the Boston Barflies definitely need a big game out of him, and uh, he's been the number one tight end for the last few weeks, although Kelsey's trying to take that uh, mantle back. So we'll see uh, if he's able to put up a big number against uh, your Falcons. All right. Thursday night football wound up being a wild game. If you're John and you faced Travis Kelsey last night, you are not happy today. Uh, 31 of 47 was Patrick Mahomes, 410 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. But if you watch the game, the Chiefs' offense really struggled, and Mahomes struggled much like he has been against every every team of the last two months that doesn't that doesn't have Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator. Uh, Raiders Raiders fans know what I just did there. Um, Fifteen points for for the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. So another six on the game winning touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey from thirty four yards out to win it uh, for the Chiefs thirty four to twenty eight. But again, Mahomes four hundred and ten yards, three touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, nine carries, 32 yards. That was it for him. In fact, Mahomes matched him on, on just three carries or three, you know, scrambles. Uh, Williams, five five carries for 12 yards. So the Chiefs running game just it wasn't there. It wasn't effective. Kelsey, 10 catches on 13 targets, 191 yards and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 13 targets, 12 catches, 148 yards and a touchdown. Those two guys did all the damage last night for Kansas City. So, again, if you face Kelsey or Hill last night or Mahomes, you're probably uh, looking at a situation. You're looking at a very big, steep hill to win your fantasy playoff game this weekend. Sorry, John. Well, you're, you're down, and there's a lot of uh, football to play yet, and uh, it it. You, you can get you can get despondent, but you might as well like you tra- keep. My, you're trying you know. to talk yourself in, into you know the, a massive comeback for yourself. I think, right? Well, be yeah. hopeful. Well, yeah, I don't know. See, the, the thing is with this game against uh, the Ellie Sidekicks, <laughs> and this is, <laughs> is that his lineup is not great. So, and he probably knows that he's his team's six and eight. Ours is nine and five, and we came in as as favorites. He has Lamar Jackson, so he had to pick up Tyler Huntley. His other quarterback is. 
Uh, it's Christopher Harris, by the way, of Harris Football. His other quarterback is, uh, he's a friend of the pod. Um, the other quarterback is Matt Ryan, who's not playing particularly well, right? So it's, no. a, it's a super flex league. So we've got Josh Allen. We've got, we've got Aaron Rodgers. Um, so we should have an advantage there. We came in as, as, as favorites, um, but we have, we've lost Waddle and we've lost Lockett and we have to replace them, him with, uh, with them, with, uh, Gabriel Davis and uh, Van Jefferson, which aren't bad plays this week, but you know, you, you want to start your studs this week if you can in the, in the first round of the playoffs. But, um, if you are sitting, I mean, there's a lot of guys here who faced Tyree Kill, who faced maybe Keenan Allen, who maybe faced multiple players in this game uh, that are down big. It's it's there's a lot of football left to play. It's just one game, and it's really painful to sit there and look at that deficit right now. But uh, your guys might be able to make up the difference, and uh, you prefer you would have preferred Kelsey not to get two touchdowns in the last whatever minutes of the game, <laughs> or maybe that the the Chargers could perhaps tackle him uh, at any point in the game. <laughs> Uh, would be great, uh, or maybe put a player on him to cover him, or maybe two players, especially with Tyreek Hill's out. But one of them. Um, just, just don't any get despondent. I've seen this. Ha- I've seen comebacks greater than this happen regularly, so uh, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, the Boston Barflies and other teams that are facing Kelsey this week will get a win. All right, good pep talk. I like it. Uh, Justin Herbert, twenty-two of thirty-eight, two hundred and thirty-six yards, two touchdowns. Uh, did have an interception off a batted ball in the first half. Jackson went uh, 13, well, he had 13 carries for 100, uh, sorry, let me pause, 13, 13 carries, 86 yards for Justin Jackson last night, and and the Chargers running game was was very effective, uh, if you watched, Austin Eckler, 12, 12 attempts, 59 yards, did score a touchdown, Herbert also scrambled for five yards and uh, for uh, 16 yards on five five attempts and did get into the end zone as well. From a receiving standpoint, Keenan Allen scary kind of scary situation. Looked like his ankle got rolled up in the first half, but he finishes with six catches on 10 targets for 78 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams was targeted nine times, only caught three passes, but finished with 49 yards. Jared Cook three three catches on seven targets and 32 yards dropped what could have been a touchdown. And I just, I had to chuckle myself, John, because I'm like that. There's old oven mitts, you know, Jared Cook. He'll he'll probably catch a you know key touchdown later in the game or something like that. That's just you got to deal with the ups and downs of Jared Cook. Uh, but Austin Eckler, <laughs> four catches on four targets and 23 yards. Uh, what were your overall thoughts? And by the way, you know, just a, just an absolute scary situation last night too, um, with Palmer, the young tight end that. Uh, he Par- Parham. Uh, Parham, excuse me, thank you. Parham, Palmer, Palmer is the wide receiver. Uh, but Parham, you know, scary situation. First drive of the game, he hits his, his head on the back of the turf, and uh, you know, you could see him. He had to be strapped, strapped to the the the, the board, John. And it just you hate to see that. But um, my thoughts and John's thoughts, I'm sure too, go go out to to him and his family. So I, I hope he's okay. Uh, but John, from a Chargers standpoint and a fantasy standpoint, what did you see last night? A couple of things kind of stuck out to me is that, um, and I would mention that Lamar Jackson breaking didn't practice for a third straight day. Whoa! Uh, so his availability is in doubt. Um, Jalen Hurts is practicing today. I really recommend everybody get this Fantasy Life app. Um, I downloaded it. It's part of our, you know, all full disclosure. Betsperts who purchased and acquired four for four owns uh, Matthew Berry's uh, Fantasy Life app, and it, but it's really good. It like pushes a lot of uh, information to me so that I can quickly process it. Um, 
but getting back to the game, the thing that struck out to me, and this is kind of a, this is a very in the weeds John Paulson type of a thing, but Justin Jackson is the uh, handcuff for Eckler, and we kind of thought that that was the case, but they've been rotating Jackson and Kelly and Roundtree just behind him. Some of them have been uh, inactive in different weeks, um, but it's clear that when Eckler's banged up and not getting a full load, that they look at Jackson as their RB2. Plus, Kelly lost that fumble. He was getting some work and stuff, but he had that fumble um, trying to go in for a score, so I think he's probably going to be in the doghouse for a while. So looking forward to next week, Jackson is a player you want uh, uh, to, to roster if you are just trying to sit on some some upside running backs for the stretch run. Um, disappointing output from Mike Williams on nine targets. Uh, Jared Cook, I uh, had to laugh, and we were watching the game here, and I said that that's how I would catch a, like, that's how I would catch a touchdown pass right now. It was like, reach back, kind of stumble, fall down. It was just a really <laughs> awkward play. Jared Cook's super athletic. That was not his finest moment, and I think he's a better player than that. But if he's going to get, you know, a tight end like him is going to get seven targets in that offense from Justin Herbert, he's going to be pretty productive. So I think from a streaming standpoint, um, you know, he's he's a decent play, you know, for the for the stretch run. But that's that's about it from, uh, you know, Keenan Allen did what he was supposed to do. Austin Eckler did what he was supposed to do uh, in last night's game. All right, sneaky starts time, and a lot of people. Uh, I enjoy. I always enjoy this this part and your article for four four dot com, John, because it's always it's really useful for DFS, and you know there, you you always you kind of got a mind for gold. I know it's tough for you, for you because you're not you are trying to look for guys that uh, with high upside, but you're also dealing with guys that might have low floors. Uh, but sneaky starts, I know a lot of people are going to be tuned in uh, for for this part this week with all the COVID situations going on. So let's start off with uh, the two quarterbacks that you want to mention on this spot. Yeah, with everything going on, I'm going to try to update the article so that if you are looking for late-breaking pick players to pay, perhaps pick up, I will endeavor to get, keep it updated. It's really hard to do all that and write more when I'm trying to keep the rankings updated, but I'll do my best. Um, Tua Tunga Voyola, uh, I'm still working on his name. He has the Jets, they're 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, probably is not going to have Waddle this week, but he does have Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki and some other weapons in the passing game. Uh, Miles Gaskin is back uh, to catch passes as well. Uh, in the games that he has had at least 96% of the snaps in seven games a season, he's averaged 18.3 fantasy points, and he's accounted for at least two touchdowns in five of those seven games. Uh, the, the Jets have allowed 267 yards passing, 1.54 passing touchdowns to the position, uh, 19 fantasy points allowed per game to quarterbacks. And I also like um, Jimmy Garoppolo against your your Falcons. I don't know why I'm picking on your Falcons, but it oh, is you a, know you why. have to admit that it, it is a good matchup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> He's not going to set the world on fire. He has a high floor. So you were talking about high floor, low floor. You know, He doesn't have as high of a ceiling. Um, but he does. He, he is very likely to get you that 15 to 18 points you might need this week against the Falcons. He's a safe play, um, and he's playing probably his best stretch of football in quite some time. He's he's got at least 15.4 fa- uh, fantasy points in six of his last seven games. He scored at least 19.3 uh, points three times in that span. And of course, the Falcons are, are giving up 20.6 fantasy points per game to the position. Uh, 258 yards, two touchdowns per game on average to quarterbacks. All right, running backs. You, you got Deontay Foreman listed and David Johnson. And, and these are just, and I mention this every week, these are just a couple of the guys that we want to talk about on the podcast. John, if you go to 44.com, he's got 
more thoughts on on other sneaky starts for this week as well. And like he said, you could update it. But Foreman and Johnson, John. Yeah, what I try to do for this segment is pick a couple guys that we haven't talked about. A lot of these sneaky starts end up being guys that are moved up in the rankings because of injury. So we end up talking about them in the first segment. But So like we've talked about uh, Michael Carter, uh, Rashad Penny, Ramondre uh, Stevenson. So that's why uh, some of these names might be a little bit weird, like David Johnson, who I'm going to talk about in a second. But I am excited about uh, Dante Foreman against Pittsburgh, 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, He's a low-end RB2 for me this week. He's seen touch counts of 15 and 20, uh, and he has turned that work into 174 total yards and a touchdown. The Steelers just gave up 222 yards and two touchdowns to Delvin Cook. Since week 10, Pittsburgh has yielded an eye-popping average of 190 total yards and 2.2 touchdowns to opposing backfields. I have never seen... (laughs) I have never seen numbers like that uh, for a stretch of four or five weeks, uh, they are just getting killed on the ground. So Foreman has a chance. He's not going to do that. He's not going to put up 190, I don't think. Uh, but uh, he's got a chance to have a, a pretty good week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then uh, the reason I mentioned David Johnson is Rex Burkhead is out with a hip, hip injury. We want to check his status. If he plays, then this is not, you can just completely ignore this part of the podcast. But if he's out, then David Johnson might see 15, plus touches uh he's been activated from the the covid list and uh would see a big workload with with burkhead potentially out um royce freeman is also involved royce freeman had 17 touches last week but i think if johnson comes back he's probably the uh the primary back in that offense so kj osborne's coming off a nice game last thursday against the steelers you mentioned him and uh the two two packers wide receivers not named Devontae adams because of course he would be he wouldn't be in this section but marquez valdez scantling and also alan lazard yeah i have some more updates uh marquise brown uh was at uh walkthrough so it looks like he might be back to play although lamar jackson's not playing so it's hard to start marquise brown um you asked about KJ Osborne. Uh, he was a sneaky start last week. Had a great game. I think in the in the there's six games this year where he's seen at least six targets. So that's sort of what I look at. I go back to where the guy's gotten wide receiver two type usage to try to see what he's done. And he's posted seven for seventy six, five for ninety one, and a touchdown. Three for twenty six, six for seventy eight, and a touchdown. And four for forty seven, and a touchdown. And of course, the three for eighty three, and a touchdown last week. So in five of six games, he has produced like at least 14.4 I'm just doing this in my head 14.4 uh PPR points um and with Thielen still sidelined I think he's a really solid start against uh against Chicago and then moving into the the Ravens Packers game you know you can't trust Velda Scantling but if you need a dart throw if you need some upside all it takes for him is one 50-yard touchdown catch and he's got your day you know pretty much sewn up uh he continues to lead the uh, lead the league or be up among the leaders in air yards. He's had the third most air yards since week 11, and he's uh, popping in our week 15 breakout receiver model. Uh, again, he's more of a risk-reward play. And then Lazard, I think, is more of the floor play with Randall Cobb out. He had six for 75 and a touchdown on seven targets uh, against the Bears last week. Um, so... He's more of the possession type guy who's getting a lot of slot work and whatnot. So um, I think he 
is more of the floor play, whereas MVS is more of the ceiling play. I think both players could be started against the Ravens, who are really struggling against the pass and are pretty good against the run, so they're more of a pass funnel team. All right, Gerald Everett and Nick Vanette are the two tight ends that you wanted to discuss in the pod from a sneaky, sneaky start standpoint. Yeah, and Gerald Everett I didn't actually write up because I wrote this all up before the locket. Uh, I wrote the article before the locket was placed on COVID, but I think with with Lockett out, you're looking at Everett as probably a six to eight target type player for, for Seattle, given the situation at receiver. Um, it's not just Lockett. I mean, Metcalf is missing due to injuries. I think they, there are two other receivers that are banged up as well. So, you know, Everett's one of their healthiest pass catchers right now. So that's somebody to, to pay attention to if you're streaming the position. Um, and then Nick Vanette, I know Adam Troutman might come back this week, and if Adam Troutman's back, then this throws Vanette. Like, Vanette's like this deep. People complain about my sneaky start sometimes that they're not sneaky enough, but Vanette's like <laughs> he's available everywhere. Like if you want, if you just need like four for forty out of your tight end, and maybe you get lucky and get a touchdown, Vanette might be your guy because he has uh, had ten targets. He's got six catches for ninety-two yards in the last two weeks. He caught a touchdown back in week twelve. And the Bucks have given up significant lines to Dawson Knox, seven for sixty and a touchdown. Kyle Pitts, four for forty-eight, and then Jack Doyle, uh, six for eighty-one and a touchdown. That was just in the last three weeks. They're not going to be able to run the ball well on the Bucks. They're going to have to throw it. Uh, the Bucks probably are going to get out to a giant lead and just have kind of loosey-goosey defense in the second half. And and Vanette could rack up some catches in that scenario. Yeah, they're complaining they're not sneaky enough, and then when it, you, you go too sneaky and the guy doesn't barely play, it's like, oh, you, you right. suck, John. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get into, let's wrap up the pod. We'll talk about uh, the breakout receiver model. Last week you mentioned Valdez Scantling. You mentioned Terry McLaurin and Mark Andrews. Uh, only Andrews hit, but, you know, this is the you know, this is kind of brand new, really, to, to this year's podcast. Uh, it's been very good, this breakout receiver model. Let's talk about Keenan Allen and Travis Kelsey. They were both in the model this week. They both hit last night. Who do you have in? Uh, who do you have your eye on this week when it comes to your breakout receiver model? Yeah, the top three guys at, on the list are Stephon Diggs, Michael Gallup, and DJ Moore. Um, I think Diggs is a, a you know you're playing him every week. Uh, Gallup is interesting. Uh, he's also a Boston Barfly, uh, but his some of his. Uh, the reason he's in the, the model partially is because there were some injuries there to Lamb and Cooper, and so he was seeing extra targets, and um, now he's back to being the third option at passing game. But they're not running the ball well, so he's actually not a bad play. Uh, and he has that big playability. And then DJ Moore, I mentioned him earlier, just a tough start with a hamstring injury against the, the, the Buffalo Bills. So those are the top three guys listed, and Lamb is fourth. Um, but the guy that kind of jumps out to me is more towards the middle, Darnell Mooney. Uh, had a really good run earlier this year, and then now uh, Allen Robinson's out, and he's got a nice matchup with the Vikings, who are getting a little bit healthier on defense, but uh, the Steelers, uh, Big Ben threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns against them last week. So I think Mooney is more of a sneaky play, a wide receiver, low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and these are the guys that, um, it's that, it's that, group of receivers from 20 to 40 where you really have to fantasy managers or maybe 20 to 50 where fantasy managers have those tough decisions as to where they 
who they're going to start, who they're not going to start. He sort of falls in that category, but he's got that big playability. He's seen a big target share from Justin Fields, and he's popping in the breakout receiver model in a good matchup. So I think Mooney's a pretty good play this week. All right, great stuff, John. As always, you can check out John on Twitter at uh, John. I'm sorry, at four 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 underscore John. You can check out me as well at Anthony Stalter. We appreciate you listening. Hope that you enjoyed the podcast. Best of luck if you're still in your fantasy playoff leagues, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.